good. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Tell me about life. Tell me about what happened when you were not in the living room. Oh with my god, me today. I'm just trying to poop. I was going to say that, but I didn't know if you wanted to announce everybody. <laughs> Whatever. I was just trying to poop, and I hear this big, like, shatter, shatter crash in the whatever other room. And I'm like, great. Well, I'm going to give to finish up. <laughs> and I go out, and the this, like, light fixture in our house just broke. Like, dropped. Yeah. And part of me was like, oh, I must have fucked it up when I changed the bulb. But I changed the bulb, like, two weeks ago. And I feel like it would have probably fallen before this. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and I feel like also it's just like, like a door slamming maybe would have caused it to vibrate enough to like fall, but yeah, like but nothing was happening. Happen. Nothing was happening. No, I don't no. know. Thanks, it was weird. Stan. Thanks, Dan. I gotta sage money. the house again. Probably got back in and was pissed. I wouldn't. I don't blame him. Yeah. It's because we've been opening the windows. He came back in. <laughs> it's like it's been raining for a week. God I damn! Know, literally. Oh, it's like I'm over it. Where's that cat tent? <laughs> just laying that. How's your week? It's okay. I worked an extra day this week, so that's a little exhausting. And then my allergies are really acting up for some reason this past few days. It's painful. Sucks. My whole face just like itches. Oh, all the sucks. time. Yeah. It's fine. Well, and shoot. I take like a prescribed allergy pill that usually works. I just, I don't know if I'm becoming immune to it. There's just a lot more allergy. Like imagine if you weren't taking it. I know. Thankful that I'm at least taking yeah. something. Yeah. But Flonies and eye drops are my new best friend. Nice. Yeah. Cool. How was your week? It was good. Just worked like one day and then uh, had some army stuff for a couple more days. And then we had the last two days off and now we both go back to work tomorrow. So, yay. It's been good. Um, just a warning. If my voice cracks, sorry. That's a new thing that's going on it's right now. It's my favorite thing. Super embarrassing. No. Can't wait to go to work and yell at somebody at work and... Sound like a 12-year-old boy. Oh, no. It's going a blast. I love it. That's all I got. That's it. Cool. Cool. You're first. <clears throat> yeah, so we're departing from true crime for this week, which is probably just fine for everybody, because sometimes that true crime stuff that we talk about gets a little bit heavy. It's a lot. And Sammy picked her topic before mine and told me about it, and I don't know why it spurred me onto this, and... I've listened to a bajillion different podcasts and watched a bajillion different, you know, ghosty TV shows about this. And it wasn't really, like, super interested in it. But then doing the research on it, it is wild yeah. how many ghosts are in Gettysburg. Wow. So, let's start I... with the town itself. Okay. Cool. So... Gettysburg is not just, like, a battlefield, though that is part of it, but in 1761, a man named Samuel Gettys from Ireland settled at the Shippensburg, Baltimore, and Philadelphia-Pittsburgh crossroads and opened up a bar, or a tavern, I guess they called it back then, where, like, soldiers and traders and all kinds of the like would come and Travelers. Yeah. Yeah. So then... About 25-ish years later, if my math is right, in 1786, the borough boundary was established. So they decided at that place they were going to 
create a borough, which like is like a suburb. I think is oh. is our equivalent of a suburb, but over like you know the boroughs of like New York. It's like a suburb. Sure, sure, sure. So, the Dobbin House Tavern, which was established in 1776, was part of that boundary which sat in the southwest. So this suburb was created in 1790. Four years later, a new township location between Hunter's and Getty's towns. So Mr. Getty and I assume Mr. Hunter had, quote, towns, because they had bars there, I don't know, or whatever uh, Mr. Hunter had. And all of these, like, quote-unquote towns or townships or boroughs or whatever they, different vernacular they use, they decided to make it, like, officially... Like a township. Like one thing. Right. So, by 1858, the Gettysburg Railroad completed construction of a railroad line from Gettysburg to Hanover, and the Gettysburg Railroad Station opened a year later. Passenger train service to the town ended in 1942, and then that station was restored in 2006. And in 2011, Senator Robert Casey introduced S-1897. I don't know what that means. He basically introduced, like, a new railroad station, or the railroad station that was um, restored to be within the boundary of Gettysburg National Military Park. So it became, like, a national historical site, which is super cool. Cool. It is a suburb, uh, or, like, a part of Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, basically. And it's a town that people live in now, but it's, like, very historically significant. Because of the Civil War. So between July 1st and July 3rd in 1863, the Battle of Gettysburg, which was one of the largest battles during the whole Civil War, was fought across the fields and the heights in the vicinity of that town. The Confederate Army of Northern Virginia, under the command of Robert E. Lee, was pretty successful in like the early stages of the battle, but ended up being defeated by the Army of the Potomac, which was commanded by uh, George Meade. Lee basically retreated uh, once he realized what was happening. So yeah. he, it was very orderly. They withdrew their troops and escaped across the Potomac River without being drawn into another battle. And George Meade was actually like pretty heavily criticized by President Lincoln for the way that he like he said he was like too cautious within. The battle and allowed troops to withdraw instead of just mutilating Killing everybody. Them all? Mm-hmm. Jesus, Lincoln. <laughs> However, even though he was by Lincoln's standards cautious and criticized for being such, the casualties in this battle were extremely high, with total losses on both sides over twenty-seven thousand Confederate soldiers and over twenty-three thousand Union soldiers. I didn't think there were that many Americans back then. (laughs) That's a lot of people! Yeah. Within the three-day battle, between 46,000 and 51,000 soldiers from both armies were killed. It's the most costly battle in U.S. history. Bananas. Super bananas. So, unfortunately, the residents of Gettysburg were the ones who were left to care for all the wounded and to bury the oh, dead. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Like, over 50,000 people they had to bury? Yeah, they had to figure that out. So, approximately 8,000 men and 3,000 horses lay dead in just in the field, the main area, after the battle. So, that's a lot. Poor little horses. They didn't ask for that. I don't 8, like horses. But, like, poor things. 
That's a lot of horses. That is. I, here's my, I don't know if it's naivety or ignorance to like how much Americans, America has grown, but like that's just so many people to me mm-hmm. back in like the early yeah. 1800s. Mm-hmm. That's so many people. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm done. So the soldiers' bodies were gradually reinterred in what is today known as the Gettysburg National Cemetery, where on November 19th of 1863, Abraham Lincoln attended a ceremony to officially consecrate the grounds and delivered his Gettysburg Address. After he said it wasn't enough people to die. Yep. (laughs) I used Um, to like Lincoln until today. I know. (laughs) I'm skimming over that. Like, I'm going to give a lot more stats about just that in general and how that worked and a couple of other events just within the history. I'm I'm skimming over a lot and then I'll give more detail later when we get into the hauntings. <sighs> Boring. Um, a 20-year-old woman named Jenny Wade was the only civilian killed during the battle. Oh, I think I heard about this. She was hit by a straight bullet that passed through her kitchen door while she was making bread on July 3rd. Physical damage can still be seen in some of the houses throughout the town, notably the Schmucker House located on Seminary Ridge. You can look up photos of that. It is pretty cool. Schmuckers? Like the S-C-H-M-U-C-K-E-R. So, let's get right into it. The haunting. I've got like five pages of different haunted places that within is so Gettysburg. crazy. So, first, we'll start with the battlefield, the Gettysburg Battlefield. Um, it's, again, known as one of the deadliest fights of the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Battle at Gettysburg was held at the battlefields just off of what is now known as Baltimore Pike. What's now the Gettysburg National Military Park is said to be haunted by fallen soldiers who are unable to accept their fate. The restless souls of those soldiers on both sides of the fence are said to be unaware that the battle has ended and that time has moved on. And if you do any Google search of Gettysburg ghosts, you're going to find video on video on video on video of different people at the battlefields with pretty fucking good apparitions of soldiers. She doesn't believe me because she never does. But it's not that I don't believe you. It's just like... I guess I am a little skeptical. It's so weird because I believe in ghosts so much, but I just, I think, especially nowadays with, like, social media and, like, editing things, I think people are more, like, this is my assumption and portrayal onto people that may or may not be wrong, but I think people might do it for, like, clout or just but to be little it fuckers. more fun to believe it? I don't think so. Why? A lot of those videos because were taken be... way before social media even existed. Okay, but I don't, editing I just... products. I guess I'm like a person that if I don't see it from my own eyes, I'm kind of a little bit more inept to believe that someone's making it up. I am going to take a screen grab of one video that I like. It's from the show Ghost Lab, and it was taken by one of the founding members of this paranormal group who now has a show called Ghost Lab. But he was talking about taking a vacation with his family when he was younger. They had like a classic, like handheld camcorder. And they were passing the battlefield, and he sees some, what he thinks are reenactors marching yeah. across the field. And he's like, oh, dad, 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 like, stop the car. I want to take a video of this. And he mm-hmm. gets out, and he gets a video of it, and you can see, like, two flags. One of them is, like, the American flag. I can't tell what the other one is. At least two to four guys that are marching across the field. And that's all it is. It's, like, three or four people. And he kind of pans away for a second, and he says he goes back, and they're gone. Everybody's gone. And it's like, they're in the middle of this field, 
there's no trees within like one to 200 yards around them. There's no way that they could have gone out of sight at all. In like two seconds. In like two frames of the of the video he was taking. It was just crazy. It's one of my favorite ghost videos I've ever seen. So hmm. I kind of showed her that. I don't know if she believed me though. There's an, a couple of other like separate portions of the battlefield that I'm going to talk about later. But the battlefield in general, that's generally what people see is soldiers walking around, um, horses walking around and then disappearing and they're just you're... not reenactors. Yeah, I was like, you're probably going to answer this with all the ghost stories, but are they people like just wandering aimlessly after they've died or are they like reenacting their the death? The thought is that it's more residual stuff, mm-hmm. right? So just going like cycling through what happened on the battlefield. Um, that sucks. Yeah. Next, here's uh, one of those parts that I'm talking about that is part of the battlefield. It's called the Devil's Den. Mm-hmm. It's a natural rock formation on the grounds of the battlefield that was a really strategic asset to the troops. Mm-hmm. The formation was named that after local residents believed that a large snake lived in this like rock formation that kind of made like a cave, like a den. So all the people who lived there thought that there was this gigantic snake that lived there, and so they called it the Devil's Den. And they just, like, avoided it? Yeah. How interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, visitors to this landmark have reported hearing sounds of drums and gunshots, as well as sightings of a barefoot, shabbily dressed man who gives directions or gives people the sensation that he's, like, holding their hands. Ooh. hmm I didn't ask for that ghost. No. Consent. It's like tea. Yeah. <laughs> um... One of the most popular stories that comes from this area is that when visitors try to take pictures of it, there's usually some kind of malfunction in their camera that Weird. keeps that from happening. So Weird. there's not a ton of pictures taken of it. But a lot of people think it's either a spirit who doesn't like pictures being taken. Same. And others claim, this is way darker, that it is a spirit who belongs to a Confederate soldier whose body was staged after the battle, in different positions around the battlefield by a Civil War photographer. And this was confirmed by historians who discovered that a lot of the photos that were taken around the Devil's Den were staged after seeing multiple pictures of the same soldier posed in various positions around the site. How fucked. So you know what? I'd be pissed too if that was me. Like, fuck you and your pictures. Literally. Next, we have the Gettysburg Hotel. It's known to have a few paranormal guests as well as normal guests, which was a joke that they made on their website that I thought was kind of funny. Most guests talk (laughs) about seeing a female ghost who they call Rachel, who is believed to be a Civil War era nurse. Mm -hmm. She's said to be looking for wounded soldiers that she can help, as well as um, she tends to open drawers in different rooms and rifle through people's things. Just the thing she does. Casquets have also reported seeing a wounded soldier and a lady dancing in the center of the ballroom. So good for her. Yep. Next, we have the Sax Bridge. The Sax Bridge. The Sax Bridge. The Sax Covered Bridge. Rumors around the town say that three Confederate soldiers deserted their unit during the Battle of Gettysburg. Mm-hmm. It was one of their first battles. They were extremely experienced, and they just got scared and they bailed. Uh, They got captured, and they were killed at that bridge. Because of their untimely demise, a lot of people say that they see shadows, outlines of the soldiers on the bridge, mists that come up from the water in the shape of men, 
shadows, clouds, and dark spots in photographs that are taken there. It's said that they, the soldiers that were killed there are now doomed to guard the bridge forever. Um, so a lot of people also report a feeling of uneasiness there. Others have seen full-body apparitions of a soldier pacing along the bridge's length. Pretty common sighting, apparently. Next, we have the Tilly Pierce House Inn. A lot of historians and people of the time would tell you that the Battle of Gettysburg took place not just on the field, obviously, but all over the entire city because there was a large number of casualties. Pretty much any building in the town and any and every building was turned into some kind of field hospital. And every person who was in the town and was standing and was not a casualty of the war, became a nurse, basically. And they were so like, the- how do we make a tourniquet again? <laughs> Just wrap it tight, I don't know. Just wrap it tight, tight, put pressure. Friends, tight. Put a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> the Tilly Pierce House Inn was not exempt from this, and people have reported hearing footsteps walking above them, spirits sitting in the beds with them, and ew, a soldier ew. constantly walking up and down the stairs as if he's just in that loop cruising just cruising yeah if anything happens to come into my bed while i'm there i don't think that's consent either (laughs) (laughs) next we have the hoffman mansion um this was a private home at the time but again it was a standing building so it became a field hospital Uh it's thought that the spirits of the union soldiers uh still take up residents in the mansion and visitors to the house report hearing disembodied voices and seeing apparitions of soldiers like pretty much everywhere in the town at this point it's also rumored that the daughter of the man who owned the mansion hanged herself in the attic after learning that her boyfriend or husband or partner yeah had been cheating on her oh god her spirit is said to occupy the attic in particular and makes appearances in photos as orbs or other light anomalies Oh, I thought it was going to say appearances, like, hanging from the ceiling. Oh, I hope not. I know. I was like, that is traumatic. That's super fucked. Uh, no. I I thought he was going to... I thought he died in the war or something, and that's why she hanged herself. Yeah. Nope, he just cheated on her. He just cheated on her. Well, I mean, she killed herself. I don't know if that's, like, an appropriate response to that. But... We're kidding. Like, obviously, (laughs) she was very upset over it, and she felt that she needed to do that, which is very sad. Yeah. Very sad, but I thought it was going a different direction. <laughs> um, the Hoffman Mansion can be rented out for private ghost hunts for those who are looking for a little bit different attraction in Gettysburg. Nice. There. Oh my god, we should do that after our wedding. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do that instead of New Orleans? No. Do you want to do both? I was excited for it. We do not have the time off to do that. Gettysburg's in Pennsylvania? Mm-hmm. We can just make it part of the road trip. That's what I was thinking. Cool. Sick. Next, the Daniel Lady House. This was used as a Confederate field hospital during the battle. It retained astonishing evidence of its gruesome history. There are blood stains from amputated limbs, even bloody fingerprints visible in the woodwork around the home, in the barn, and one can find initials and other graffiti carved into the beams by Confederate soldiers. Forensic testing has actually proved this. What? Um, and cadaver dogs confirm the presence of graves around the farm, so. Okay, here's the thing. Did nobody clean back then? Man, I don't know. They're just like, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna leave these bloody fingerprints because in 2021, people are gonna eat this up. Yep. 
That is gross, isn't it? It's really gross. I wonder what parts of the house it's in. Like, I feel like if it's in a very heavily, like, used part of the house. Maybe it's just, like, in the, the attic or something. It's, like, somewhere that people didn't go in, and then they're just, like, meh. In the barn. They say a lot of it's in the barn, so that makes sense. I don't know. Either way, it's messed up. Um, both the house and the barn still show signs of structural damage attained during the battle. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that the farm is the site of several hauntings, obviously. The upstairs area of the house is believed to be particularly active. And historical records tell us that when the family returned to the farm after the battle and after everything had cleared out, they found the body of a dead Confederate soldier still laying in one of the upstairs bedrooms. So if that's not traumatic, I don't know what I'm is. I'm honestly surprised <laughs> they didn't find more dead bodies in their house. Yeah. Based off of what you said. They just fucking left someone there. Which blows my mind. That's really sad. I feel bad for his family. Yeah. I feel bad for everybody involved. This is so fucked. Mm -hmm. Why do we kill each other? I I just don't know. Because people just can't... Yeah. They just can't talk. I'm gonna talk talk about the, uh, like, the cemetery there. And, like, it's the amount of, like, logistics that it took to, like bury everybody and then they didn't want to bury confederate soldiers so they just kind of left them until confederates could come up and get them it's just fucked up and it makes sense why the whole thing is uh pretty haunted so next we're going to talk about the jenny wade house and jenny wade was the female Mm -hmm. that we talked about who got who was just a innocent casualty yeah So, the story goes, her sister had given birth just a few days before the fighting started, and so Jenny came to stay at her sister's house, both because it was supposedly supposed to be on the safer end of town, away from all the fighting, and she wanted to help take care of the kiddo. So, unfortunately, um, on the morning of July 2nd in 1863, Jenny was downstairs making bread for the family when a stray Confederate bullet came through two separate doors and hit her in the back, which just went straight through her heart and killed her. Oh my god. Her family wrapped her body in a quilt and carried her to the basement of the house where she laid until the battle was over. And then she, again, was the only civilian to die in the whole Battle of Gettysburg. Her family buried her temporarily in the front yard of the house before moving her to a cemetery almost six months later. And then again to another cemetery a few years after that. So it's believed that the sudden violent manner of her death, the multiple disturbances to her grave, um, all probably contributed to the hauntings at the house. And a lot of people who visit the house report being pushed, scratched, and pinched by who knows what. Probably her. She's probably pissed off. She's like, I just want some bread. Yeah, no, probs her. (laughs) (laughs) Also, that just shows you how disorganized this is. If they're like, we have nowhere to bury her, so the front yard it is until we can find a cemetery. Because all these 50,000 dead people we have to bury too. It's outrageous. Uh, Poor thing. Um, Also, how crazy that like a riggedy old bullet from the 1800s went through two doors. doors? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. It blows my mind, honestly. That's crazy. So next, we've got Gettysburg College. It um, There's a college there? Gettysburg College. Yeah. It was, again, used as an emergency hospital and a morgue during the battle. Oh. And both Confederate and Union soldiers took up residence in the college's Pennsylvania Hall and turned it into a makeshift hospital. So many people died from wounds, infection, illnesses, um, that 
it's very, very haunted now. Nice. Let's. I want to go to school there. Can yeah. I transfer? Let's move to Pennsylvania. <gasps> I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many cool things there. there there's so much history. I love that I there's probably too. so many museums. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I love, oh, we'd be so much closer to Salem. <laughs> Students and professors reported paranormal activities such as objects going missing, being moved, flickering lights, feeling negative energies, and there oh, are numerous life every day. Yeah, reports of <laughs> seeing full-bodied apparitions of soldiers around the college. That would be wild. You're just walking to English class and, oh, there's a soldier. Great. That's not real. <laughs> yeah. Hello, sir. I will just keep walking. Yeah. Please don't imaginary shoot me. Yeah. The campus is also home to a spirit who people call the, quote, blue boy. It, this is an don't laugh because you're gonna feel bad i know i'm such a dickhole he's an orphan who oh, froze no. to death one winter while seeking shelter at the college oh. a lot of students report seeing the face of the blue boy in the windows of one of the college's dorms on cold nights. poor kid he just wants to be warm yep. oh that's like little oliver Lolly. he's like well also i guess like Maybe this is my ignorance showing again, but like for some reason I picture Gettysburg still being like this little rinkadink town, but clearly it's not. It has its own college, mm-hmm. and it's like a and campus has since the eighteen hundreds. Yes. Yeah. So wow. Yeah. Wow, I'm amazed. <laughs> oh my god. So, um, that puts us to the orphanage, which makes sense. It's a good segue. It's a great segue. It was originally known as the National Homestead at Gettysburg. It was an orphanage that was one of many built across the country in response to the thousands of children who were <gasps> being orphaned by the Civil War. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Same. Yeah. I, I've never thought about that until doing this research. That's 50,000 men, dads, who died. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yep. The Gettysburg Children's Orphanage was built with good intentions, obviously, had a promising start, but then the headmistress was replaced by a woman named Rosa J. Carmichael. I'm guessing we don't like Rosa. She's a piece of shit. Fuck you, Rosa. So she just came up with the worst kinds of punishments for the kiddos who were living at the orphanage, even going so far as to create a dungeon in the basement where she chained misbehaving kiddos to the walls and kept them locked up for days without food or water even worse than the dungeon was the pit which was a small lightless crevice in the dungeon where kiddos were forced to stay in there if they were even worse than getting chained up to the dungeon walls what the heck what an evil bitch yeah she's a twat Many believe the orphanage is haunted by the spirits of kiddos who died from disease and malnourishment, obviously. Others believe it is Rosa Carmichael herself who still haunts the grounds, and both are equally sad and terrifying. Okay. She has no reason to be sad. I'm sad either way. I'm sad. I don't know. She has no reason to be sad. She's an evil bitch. I'm sad for the kiddos, and she's terrifying. Oh. That's what I mean. Okay, I thought you said that they're both children and her are sad and terrified. I'm like, right. no, 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 right. no. The kids are sad. You're right. I'll shut up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm gonna reiterate what you just said. <laughs> um, another part of the battlefield was called Little Round Top, and this is one of my favorite stories because, um, it's rumored that the spirit of George Washington appeared before oh, the Union soldiers twice during the battle. 
Had he died by then? Oh, yeah. Dang. To the Union? Yes. Once to lead them in the right direction before the fighting started, and the second time in the middle of it to keep them going. The division commander testified to the president's ghostly appearance, saying, quote, We know not what mystic power may be possessed by those who are now... I don't know this word. Bivouacking? Oh, that's why we call them bivvies. Bivouacking. I get this. Hold on. Okay. So bivouacking, I think, is sleeping because we have bivouac covers, which is part of our sleep system. So I think it means sleeping. Interesting. Let me make sure. Hold on. Let me make sure I'm not just making shit up. While you're looking that up, I just want to say that, like, for a commander or, like, a commanding officer in the military back in the 1800s to say, yeah, I saw a ghost. Literally. It must have been pretty powerful of a moment because I feel like men wouldn't do that in the first place. (laughs) Military men, second of all. Right. So, dang, that's crazy. Um, It means to stay in a temporary camp without cover. So, basically. Sure. So, uh, let me go back and... Try to say it again. Okay. (laughs) He said, We know not what mystic power may be possessed by those who are now bivouacking with the dead. Staying with the dead. I only know the effect, but I dare not explain or deny the cause. Who shall say that Washington was not among the number of those who aided the country that he founded? Wouldn't that be crazy if Washington's like, Yo, go that way. Go that way. I promise. It's a good way. I never steer you wrong. Literally. Um, That's so crazy to me. It was also known as the Valley of the Death and the Slaughter Pen because of how many men laid decomposing where they fell for months after Ooh. the battle ended. Little Round Top is thought to be one of the more paranormally active areas of the battlefield, obviously, because of the intensity of the fighting that happened there and the sheer number of men who died there. Right. That leads us to the final location gettysburg national cemetery this is the site of almost four thousand civil war graves so a lot of them did not get buried here right gettysburg national cemetery is one of the most paranormally active sites in the whole city after the battle thousands of soldiers bodies laid decomposing across the farmlands of gettysburg just where they died yeah Um, a lot of soldiers had just been buried where they fell they just dug a grave there and stuck them all in there makes sense marked only by a wooden board rain and wind began uncovering remains across the city and people were afraid that this was going to cause like a spread of disease obviously and so the people of gettysburg were like we need an actual cemetery for this shit mm-hmm. so they built one and reburial work started around four months after gettysburg national cemetery was built as a union slash federal burial place so mm-hmm. the bodies of confederate soldiers were left to their impromptu graves until southern veteran societies were able to begin reburial processes in the 1870s the what? 1870s dang moving Ugh. soldiers bodies to cemeteries across the south the violent terrible manner of so many men's deaths combined with the long interim between being properly buried was thought to have made the cemetery a highly active paranormal location it's also where abraham lincoln delivered the gettysburg address and as he himself noted in the speech quote we cannot dedicate we cannot consecrate we cannot hallow this ground the brave men living and dead who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract and that is gettysburg 
That's so crazy. Well, bam. I love it. It's so haunted. It's so haunted. Yeah. I imagine. That's fucking crazy. Right? Where do you have a place where 50,000 people have died? No, none. You don't? No. Like, I was thinking, like, 9-11, but that was Over only, like, three days. 2,000 people. Yeah. 50, Pearl Harbor was about the same. in two, three days. That's crazy. Yeah. Have you seen the... It's, like, kind of popular, so you probably have seen it. Like, what George Washington would look like if he were president today. Yeah. I'm looking at all the presidents right now. <laughs> What'd you think? It's crazy. It makes me sad. I didn't realize... Like, I knew it was haunted, but I didn't realize, like, the depth of, like, the stories and stuff like that. Right, and it's, I mean, a pretty small area if you look. Yeah, because it's, like, uninhabited. That's, Rural. like, the rec park. There's Jenny Wade's house. The National Cemetery is, like, right down the walk from there. And then, like, the actual battlefield was around here. I'm glad that there's not, like, college up built there. on top of it. Yeah. I hope it stays that way. Yeah. I think it will. I think it's, like, a national historic site, so they can't. Good. Yep. Can't fuck it up, America. Well, thanks for sharing. I learned a lot. Good. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Are you ready for my story? Yeah. I'm so stoked. There's a lot of spooky things about this that I didn't know about, and I wasn't really a whole lot knowledgeable about this in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, I, as per what I usually do, went with something that's not in America, so I can't pronounce half the words, but I'm going to try my best. So, I'm talking about the Paris Catacombs. Dope. Yay! So, we're going to start in the late part of the Middle Ages. So, like, 1400 to 1500s. Okay. Western Europe was getting very popular, and Paris was one of Europe's biggest cities at the time, and everyone was, like, flocking to it. They're like, oh, we've got to go to Paris. In order to keep up with the rising population, the city obviously had to grow, but they kind of struggled to keep up with the growth like, to maintain it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So in order to keep up with that, they decided they were going to start mining the limestone quarries that were on the south bank of the river scene, which is also, like, basically now below the entirety of Paris almost. Mm -hmm. So back then it was, like, the outskirts, but, like, as Paris grew, it ended up being, like, underneath it. Right. So those limestone mines were used... To, as you assume, build the very popular tourist destinations, um, such as the Notre Dame Cathedral and the Louvre. Mm -hmm. Um, Those mine tunnels extended under Paris about 800 hect acres, which is a lot of square footage. Basically, it's so much so that it's just a little bit over three square miles. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty big. Yeah. Those mines depleted and soon they just kind of went empty they were like well there's nothing else we can get here and they were like bye so they just like sat there empty for years okay until 1774 with all those mines being dug they didn't obviously reinforce them because back in the day how would they like do they know that stuff i don't know but they didn't do that so (laughs) one of the uh mines collapsed and it took along a house and a pretty good area of um rue d'anfa mm-hmm. and rochereau um, which is about 300 meters around so like this area 
So that was pretty rough. Then on September 15th, 1776, King Louis XVI signed a decree that prohibited extracting material from under public roads, such as going into the mines and taking stuff, I guess. I don't know why he was concerned about that. But then on April 4th, 1777, so like three years after this happened, the king then made his architect Chris... Nope. (laughs) What the fuck? Charles Axel Guillermo... He made him go to these mines and check out the damage. Basically, like, I know that this fell, like, I don't know, three years ago, but let's check it out now and see what's going on. And basically, in doing so, Charles discovered that a lot of the tunnels were super unstable and they could cause more areas of Paris to collapse. So to fix this, the Inspection Générale de Carriers, which is also known as Inspection of Mines, was created and led by Charles. So the attempt to fix the mines was going on all the while. Paris was undergoing another issue. So the city's cemeteries were not able to keep up with the amount of people that were dying because of how many people are there now. And this led to a lack of space and sometimes the uncovering of graves. The Les Innocents, aka Saints Innocents Cemetery, aka Holy Innocents Cemetery. I found all three names for this cemetery. I'm going to bounce between the three because I don't know which one's right. Because I found them all from very reliable sources like the Smithsonian and the actual Paris Catacombs website. So I was Mm -hmm. just like, I don't know. Maybe it's just a translation issue. I don't know. Anyways, that cemetery is Paris's oldest and largest cemetery. So it saw most of the issues and it had as many as 2 million bodies. Oh my God. I know. So when added to the other cemeteries that were around, there's 6 million bodies total that are like buried, but like kind of not. They just kind of kept shoving people down there. Mm -hmm. Businesses and people that lived close to the Holy Innocent Cemetery began to complain about the smell and how it was like deterring their business and like I'm was very sure. unflattering. <laughs> um, Makes sense. <laughs> so to combat that, the king then banned burials to occur within the city. So basically he was like, look, you can't bury any more people here. Like, like you gotta find somewhere else. Yeah, underground, like in the churches and like their yeah. regular cemeteries. Okay. But the churches were like, we don't give a fuck. We're going to keep doing what our religion tells us to do. Sure. So then that all changed May 30th of 1780. So this is, what, 16 years mm-hmm. or 14 years after right. one of the mines first collapsed right. and it took the whole city, not the whole city, but a good chunk of it. Right. They experienced a long period of rain, so much rain, and it caused a lot of issues, such as one of the cemetery cellars collapsed, which not only was an issue on its own, but because of that, now corpses were spilling out into the adjacent properties and even onto the streets. So could you imagine if, like, Uncle Jerry just died and then all of a sudden you're, like, walking by and it's just like, I thought we buried you. <laughs> no, I can't imagine that. It it's makes super me think f- of, like, New Orleans with their, like, water tables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Super terrifying. So... Not only is it disturbing, but it's a huge health risk. <laughs> so yeah. they were like, we have to figure out what to do with this. Meanwhile, at Gettysburg, they're like, yeah, just leave them. I know, right? It's fine. Years, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, according to the Paris Catacombs website, the year 1780, the 
Saints Innocent Cemetery was then closed to probably prevent anything else from happening due to the overcrowding of dead people. And there was no solution other than the obvious. Those empty mines have been restabilized. So now we're going to put the dead bodies in there. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. So then in 1785 to 1787, Paris began to exhume corpses from the cemetery, starting with the largest and most popular one, the Les Innocents. These bodies were transported at night because they didn't want to upset the citizens of Paris as well as like church Fair. people. They were like, well, let's just, you know, do this at night. That's even creepier. <laughs> on April 7th, 1786, the tunnels took on the name of catacombs in reference to the Roman catacombs, which I guess I have to do in a future episode. Yeah. But I don't think the Roman catacombs are like filled with dead bodies. Mm. I think it's just like another like underground system. Yeah. Anyways. Look forward to that someday, maybe. For the next 12 years or so, from like 1787 to 1814, every cemetery and graveyard in Paris was moved into the tunnel. Like, their bodies were moved into the tunnels. This was now called an ossuary, which I had no idea that that's what it's called when you just put a bunch of dead bodies underground. Right. The original placement of the bones slash bodies was more of a, we're going to just pile them in so we get them out of the cemeteries and not really worry about organization. I guess, fuck these people's families and yeah. respect. Like, yeah. they just kind of threw them in there and were like, good luck. That sucks. Yeah. It's just ugh, super sad. So the ossuary was open to the public actually in 1809, but it was by appointment only. And that's like while they're still trying to move what? bodies underneath there. They're like, you know what? This is a great touristy, like people want to know what's going on down here. So we're right. going to buy, we're going to sell them tickets. That's fucked. Yes. So fucked. Probably people were buying tickets so they could see their family members. Yeah. <laughs> so messed up. Anyways, I'm not quite sure because I found like different information on this. The transfer of the bodies may have stopped during the French Revolution. I'm not really sure, but that was from 1789 to 1799. So I really don't know what happened in those 10 years, but I think they were moving bones, but they might not have been moving bones because of what I'll tell you later. Great. I did see that some of the first bodies buried in the cabinet catacombs not catacombs catacombs um were those that had died during the french revolution which include some swiss guard members that were killed during the storming of Tellerese palace i'm so sorry which happened on august 10th of 1792 and then 1840 louis philip and the Hausmannian reconfiguration started to renovate the catacombs and that's ended in 1960 and I believe that this is when they were arranged into a manner that we now see. Hmm. They tried to see, like, obviously, whatever, you can Google pictures, but they wanted to have it designed more in, like, an artful manner. They mm -hmm. wanted to show the difference between, like, life and death. They wanted to show the beauty, I guess. I don't know. Okay. I don't understand art sometimes, but I love Same. it. So these catacombs are the final resting place for six million bodies to which some are so old that they like a couple of them not a couple i'm sure a good chunk of them actually date back more than 1200 years ago it just blows my mind the way this is set up like i'm looking at pictures yeah and it's just like it's crazy it's gross it's I, like oh my god are we not gonna go to the catacombs that's fine it's beautiful 
You just want your body just like shoved as a wall? Oh, I would love that. No. Yes. No. Take my skin, peel it off my body, and then shove my bones into the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Not the first like conversation like this that we've had. I don't know. I just feel like, again, consent is important. Yeah, I don't. I think the king was just basically like, do it. Yeah. So that sucks. That's what I'm getting to. Yeah. But um, fun fact, the tunnels weren't just used for mining or an ossuary, as I kind of hinted at before. During World War II, soldiers on both the French and German side used the tunnels as hideouts and bunkers. Also, deserters of Napoleon's army used the place as a hideout. I'm not sure when this happened, but a quarry worker named Francois de Cure, fuck that up for sure, I'm so sorry, made sculptures inside instead of helping to stabilize the tunnels. He was supposed to be working to, like, stabilize tunnels, and instead he's in there making um sculptures of, like, actual places, like the Port Mahon Prison, Quartier de Corson, Ugh. and Port Philip. I'm so sorry. I'm not French at all. I don't have the... Oh, I don't have the, the nasally. Yeah, I don't got the throat yeah. thing. Francois was unfortunately killed during a cave-in, but his art has lived on. Like, it's actually still, like, there, and people see it there's tons of pictures of it clearly today you can travel to the catacombs and check out the ossuary yourself in paris france there is a limit of 200 people at a time and the line can get very long so you should get reservations basically it takes a minimum of 45 minutes to explore the catacombs and it has a constant temperature of 14 degrees celsius which is about 55 degrees fahrenheit so it's a little chilly so just put a little extra jacket on the area of the ossuary is 11,000 square meters, which I didn't do the American version of that, so figure it out yourself. <laughs> oh, I did. It's right in the bullet below. And the depth of that is equivalent to a five-story building. So, wow. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And there are secret unmapped pools and tunnels that explorers visit and swim in, but people have also gotten lost down there and died, so don't, don't, just don't. Don't do that. Unless you're with somebody that's, like, really familiar with it or, like, a tour guide that probably, like, does this on their fun time. Like, don't. Please don't. I don't think I would do that on my fun time. Oh, I would do it on my fun time if I worked there. (sighs) If somebody knew where I was going and if I, like, mapped out where I was going. I don't know. Anyways, also, more oddly, the catacombs are used to farm mushrooms. Sick. Which sounds really weird, but apparently they taste extra good, and the catacombs are like kind of the perfect environment for I, mushrooms. Are we surprised? No, by that? Okay. <laughs> not at all. But it's just like weird because like when somebody first did it, like all of the mushroom farmers then like caught on to it, so then people were just like claiming little areas of the catacombs the for their mushrooms. Ew. Yeah, I'm sure they're not doing it where the bones are. I hope. Ugh. Mm. Um. So. There is a sign out front as a forewarning, and I did not write down what it says in French because I would butcher the shit out of it. But in English, it translates to, stop, this is the empire of death. Oh, good. Oh my god, I love it. That is welcoming. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So, fun fact, we all know the musical Les Miserables by Victor Hugo. Mm -hmm. Apparently, he used his knowledge of the catacombs tunnel system to, like, help him write the musical. I've never seen it, so I have no idea, like, how that's involved. But that's just what an article said. So, the tunnels are also... (laughs) 
the scenes of many raves back in the 90s. Sick. I know. Could you imagine? Yes. <laughs> and the catacombs have gotten quite a lot of attention from all types of travelers, like over the years, even from beginning to now, such as royalty and just any macabre mm-hmm. fascinated people. Um, most recently, in 2017, the catacombs were used to pull a heist. <laughs> It's crazy. So a bunch of thieves were like, we want to get some treasure. <laughs> In 2017, can you we imagine going want to your friends? Treasure. <laughs> so they used the catacombs to get access to an underground vault of a nearby apartment building. Not bad. To do this, they had to drill through like the existing limestone walls mm-hmm. and they gained access to their prize, which was a collection of vintage wine that was valued at almost two hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. Wow. Who has that in the bottom of an apartment? What? Not us. Right? You need to, you need to evaluate where you should stock yeah. your wine. Yeah. I guess underground would be perfect for, like, a wine cellar, but... Yeah. Also, most oddly, the catacombs are home to a secret community called the Cataphiles. And I hope that's what they call themselves. Um, they like to spend their time in the catacombs and roam the limestone tunnels that aren't included in the ossuary. They just kind of, you know, explore, have fun. In the outskirts of the catacombs, they have rooms set up and they have their own murals and graffiti and like all kinds of stuff. And they are at more of a risk to die because Bet. like no one knows where you are. Yeah. I doubt you have cell coverage. And yeah. if you do, no one's going to find you, no. bud. It sucks. There's a documentary called The City of the Sea that apparently gives an insider view of the catacombs if you're interested in that. Also, if you're into horror, check out one of my favorite movies. Literally one of my favorite movies. It's called As Above, So Below, which was filmed in the real catacombs with permission from French authorities. That's so crazy. I was looking at pictures. I told you this. I was looking at pictures of the catacombs when I was doing research, and I was like, Mm -hmm. that looks like a scene from As Above, So Below. They did such a good job recreating this area of the catacombs. (laughs) Joke's on me. They were actually there. Oh, it's so cool. So, along the lines of As Above, So Below, in 2010, there's a story of some cataphiles going around the tunnels, and they find a video camera on the ground. They got curious, and they're like, what could be on this old handheld camera that dates back from the 90s? So they watched it, and what they see is this man, they don't see him at first because he's, like, holding the camera, and he's, like, in distress. He's, like, lost. He's, like, freaking out. He It seems to be going insane inside these tunnels, and at the same time, they say that there was also some, like, odd noises that the uh, cataphiles described as disturbing and the video just ends with the dude dropping the camera and running hmm. yeah so it is unknown mm-hmm. what happened to him but a lot believe that as above so below is inspired by that footage that would make sense yeah which makes me think of like latope the the guy that they mentioned at the, the beginning the papillon guy he's like oh our friend latope he got like, lost in here he never came back and then they end up fighting him they're like yeah. latope what's wrong you're, you're weird <laughs> yeah it's like he got lost and now he's crazy because the tunnels made him crazy so another <laughs> legend says that if you're in the catacombs after midnight the walls start to speak I bet they do. <laughs> so, such as disembodied voices trying to venture you deeper into the tunnels until you get lost, which is what is believed happened to the guy in the video um, that we just talked about. But here's another story that during the French Revolution, there was a man named Philibert Apsart. 
who was a doorman at the Val de Grace Hospital. Apparently, Philibert was on his way to get some liquor from a cellar, but ended up actually lost in the tunnels. And he only had a candle for light, and eventually, yeah. candle burned out, and he couldn't see. Yep. So he died. But his body wasn't found until 11 years later when a group of cataphiles ended up finding it. These fuckers keep finding weird shit. Good okay. for them. Yeah. <laughs> but um, authorities identified Philbert by his hospital key ring. They're like, oh shit, this is the dude that like oh they God. lost 11 years ago. Um, Good lord. Yeah, so he was buried in the catacombs where he was found. And there's like a marker, like a headstone for him and stuff like that. That's pretty cool. And it's declared by cataphiles and other folklore enthusiasts that every November 3rd, Philibert's ghost haunts the labyrinth of the tunnels. Ooh. I don't know if that's the day he, like, got lost yeah. and went missing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's wild. But then in 2004, a group of police officers... Oh, this one's the creepiest. Are you ready? Yeah. A group of police officers were exploring parts of the catacombs that were restricted from public access, and they found some weird shit, as you can guess, such as a PA system that had a pre-recorded dog barking noise playing on repeat, and then they found 3,000 oh. square feet of tunnels that they called galleries that were wired for phones using pirated electricity. Then they found a bar, a living area, a workshop, a lounge, and even a mini movie theater set up to fit 20 people. Hmm. Weird, right? Weird. So the worst part of all of this is that the officers then saw that there were cameras on the ceilings of this these makeshift rooms, and they were like, we gotta go, we're being recorded. Like, this is sketch. So they left, they came back a couple days later with a larger Everything group was gone. to investigate. Yep. Everything vanished. The phone lines, the rooms, like, everything was gone. But the only thing that they did find was a note that read, no, shashas pa? Which means don't search. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that creepy? Oh, that's so creepy. That is creepy. So all these, like, little legends and stuff like that, we have to watch As Above, So Below, because mm -hmm. there's, like, little Easter eggs of these things in there. Love it's it. It's so cool. That's dope. That's it. I love it. Isn't that cool? Yep, we gotta watch that movie now. I know. I love that movie. Sick. I didn't know. That was awesome. It's creepy. It's super creepy. I don't know. Part of me obviously wants to go in and check them out. Part of me is like, I'm not made to go down there. <laughs> Why? We're not meant to be there. Whatever. Like not for people. I don't know. Two of my friends went a couple years ago. I'm jealous. I bet. Super cool. That's dope. Well, I loved it. Good job. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, next week we're starting our June series that you didn't June. ask for, but we're doing, doing it. You. <laughs> we're talking about major things that have changed the world. Yep. That have changed how, I feel like, especially in America, mm -hmm. have really changed how we live and how things go. So, yeah. Really, it's going to be a very heavy month. Yep. I feel like. I'm stoked. <laughs> so I'm really glad we ended this one on a, like, a spooky. Yeah, I love so it. So we're going to have to figure out another <laughs> another way to start July not yeah. being so heavy. Because right. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a heavy month. I'm probably going to be really depressed doing all the research, honestly. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, okay. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be 
a departure from what we've been doing and it'll be, be it's totally it's super different i think yeah 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 you can find us on instagram at who knew podcast or gmail is who knew podcast 666 at gmail.com then you can find us on patreon and various other spots via our link tree if you do find our instagram so yeah sick too easy oliver i know you said goodbye last week but can you meow for us today no okay I was like, no not happening. Bye. <laughs>